0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Problems at the Library podcast. This is Adrian. And in this podcast, I like to review and discuss webinars uh, where librarians or library staff or stakeholders from across the country have uh, identified problems that they see in their community and what efforts they've taken to solve those problems. Today's episode is called Socially Distanced, and it comes to us from the Association of College and Research Libraries, ACRL, and their CHOICE webinars. This webinar is called The Socially Distanced Library, The Leadership Perspective. It was recorded on July 29th, 2020, sponsored and presented by Taylor & Francis. It's available from choice360.org, and it's also on YouTube. Because this podcast focuses on problems in library collections, we will look at the first part of the webinar. It comes to us from Jennifer Fabi, Dean of the University Library at California State University, San Marcos. The title of her segment is Libraries Proactively Transitioning to Virtual in the Time of COVID. And she starts her discussion with uh, the COVID epidemic in 2020 and how the library started having discussions about going virtual on March 8th. They had decided at that time that March 20th was gonna be when they went all virtual. However, she notes that everything changed on March 13th when most of the country shut down. Here, they note a number of problems. First off, she noted that uh, they wondered how they could pivot to all virtual starting in the spring semester. And then she also notes that in May, the chancellor decided that they would be all virtual in the fall. So they had to reposition and determine how they could best serve their students and the faculty during this time. Before delving too deep into how they succeeded Jennifer noted, there were some preconditions that they already had in place that helped them succeed. So if you do not have these conditions already, It might be more difficult, but it might be a good thing to look at and see if you can uh, copy some of these presets that she had. Number one being there was already a strong relationship between the faculty and the library due to their excellent course reserve program. She also said that the library had a really good partnership with IT department and how they've been focusing on the business plan and providing more digital materials. Uh, Jennifer also says that they had been looking at low and no cost course material between the library and the faculty already at this point. And uh, just prior to the pandemic, they had been updating the business plan at the library. Initially, she talks about what they did in spring and how they worked to solve the problems of an almost immediate shutdown. So one of the first things they did was sent someone home with a scanner and course reserves to start digitizing all of their course reserve material. And uh, she does note the copyright issue that many people might think about. And while it's probably not good to replicate that part of what she did, she said that it was an emergency. They just tried to do what they could to best serve everyone. And even at that point, uh, about 27% of their digital requests, they couldn't fulfill, they couldn't scan the items in, they couldn't provide it to the students. Because they were one of the first university systems to know they would not be back in fall, they immediately shifted their print budget to digital. Um, And they thought that these emergency provisions were not necessarily going away. So they tried to work quickly and creatively about how to best proceed they uh, looked at ways to have a controlled digital lending project for fall, where they could scan a book that they physically owned already in the system. And she does note that that plan is being reviewed by legal counsel. And they've tried to work with the campus bookstore and the big um, providers of textbooks. And although they have not gotten a great response from them, Um, they do note that the whole program is based on the one book, one patron. Um, you would check out that book digitally because they physically have it. So they've been working with new relationships like vendors, like overdrive, which Jennifer notes is not really popular in academic circles, but it's very popular with public libraries. And they use this platform to help roll out any kind of controlled digital lynching projects that are legally allowed to roll out for the fall. They've also been installing uh, contactless pickup lockers on campus, mailing items to patrons as well. And then Jennifer adds a whole new problem to going on, which are the proposed fall budget cuts. Um, because they're part of the California state university system, the system quickly banded together to send an open letter to vendors saying that everyone in the system will start negotiations at a 10% discount. And this has resulted in discounts on digital platforms, digital buying of systems. And uh, she notes that it really helps to be part of a larger negotiating system. I look at this as something similar to if you are part of the NC Cardinal Consortium here in North Carolina, or uh, your state library is negotiating for digital rights, this is probably something that they have done or can do the end of the webinar has Jennifer looking at what is and what will remain challenging in the future. One of the first things she talks about is how to best engage with students in an all virtual environment. And while in person they used to have their libraries open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that has to shift due to the virtual nature of things. Um, it also has to shift due to how she can staff everyone. And one of the things she says is. She has to fight for the idea that just because they're staffed doesn't mean they're overstaffed. She can only hire about half the number of students that she had when they were in person, because those students have to work all virtual. That means less shifts are covered. That means less ways to engage with students in programming and orientation and just being on call for reference. She also notes that those copyright restrictions that have been lifted during the summer by vendors have changed. And now there's new copyrights and uh, difficulties for libraries to obtain certain materials. And one of the things she also brings up is looking at continuous fighting for employee well-being and checking in with your employees who are working virtually and working digitally. Jennifer finishes her remaining challenges by looking at the employee well-being and doing wellness checks with everyone, but also the shift to an all-virtual environment in her collections, whether that's stopping buying print, whether that's relying on other digital vendors, or whether that's digitizing your print material to send to students. There's going to be more emphasis on this platform, It's going to be more emphasis on your partnerships, Um, but I think she ends with a really great statement about being bold. She says that libraries and library leaders have to speak up about what they need and what they can do because she she says, no one is there saying those things for us. So whether that's partnering with your IT department more, whether that's partnering with your stakeholders, whether those be schools or your faculty Um, and telling them what you can do and what you have and also what you need from them. Maybe that's telling those digital library vendors you can't pay as much as you want or telling your stakeholders you need more funding. But you have to be bold and you have to be speaking up for our patrons. And now we're on to the wrap up of episode two. Looking at Jennifer Fabi and her presentation of libraries proactively transitioning to virtual in time of COVID, I feel the biggest thing that she brought to us was not only don't be afraid to be bold, but don't be afraid to have partners. Don't be afraid to ask those partners for support at this time, whether that's talking to it about needing more digital platforms and need more digital support whether that's talking to your stakeholders about needing additional funding, or that's talking to vendors and telling them that you frankly can't pay for the same amount of stuff that you got before. So they need to find ways to change that dynamic, but above all else, finding ways to still work through these systems and help our patrons help the people who are relying on us for information and connection to the services that they used to have. Maybe that means that you have, um, digital collaborative reference instead of just in person reference. Maybe that means that you're scanning materials for them, or maybe it means you go outside and looking for new relationships with different vendors you didn't have before, but always trying something new and not being afraid to give it a try because these are still uncertain times and... We need to do what we can to help our patrons. So I want to thank you all for joining me today and look out for a new episode coming soon.